Welcome to the Merchants of Dirt podcast, episode number six. Thank you for joining me for the Merchants of Dirt podcast. This is your insider's guide to practical recreational engineering, where I teach you the art and science of building, promoting, and directing off-road races. I'm your host, professional reckoneer and race promoter, Kyle Bondo. Coming up on this episode, we're going to get into why developing systems, that is, sets of repeatable processes, is essential to building success- successful races. How the techniques of documentation, consensus, and orchestration form the cornerstones of your race promotion business. And we'll get into how to put those cornerstones into practice by building your first race promotion system, or what I like to call your roadmap. First, first base, first place, first step. Everything starts with a first something. Race promoters have a difficult time with first. What to do first, what to buy first, what to promote first. You know, instead of what they should be doing first, like learning how to build a business or maybe watching other race promoters who are successful in how they do it, or even simply writing things down so they don't have to learn them again, they wing it. And Mr. Murphy loves the wing it crowd. I mean, those are his people. I think Mr. Murphy has a whole waiting room full of race promoters who just wing it. Yeah, exactly. He just told me that that's how he was able to pay for his monster Ford Hennessy F-250 Super Duty Velociraptor SUV. This is from all those wing it people. Because he's destroyed so many races. Just imagine the kind of money he rolls in with all that destruction. Anyway, if you don't know what a F-250 Super Duty Velociraptor is, in the show notes at merchantsofdirt.com, I'll put a link to that. Because it is a seriously scary vehicle. It's like $160,000. Super, super scary. So, I imagine this is something that uh, that Mr. Murphy loves to drive in. Because he loves to run over people's dreams. And you need a big truck to do that. Let's not give Mr. Murphy any more money, right? Because we like to hear at the Merchants of Dirt podcast, make Mr. Murphy upset by doing things the right way. Unfortunately, if you're like me, you're a race, uh, you're a racer term promoter. Okay? And as a racer, the first thing that you most likely feel comfortable tackling in your race plan is the one thing you know best. And that is, of course, your course design. Your course design. This is the racer's comfort zone. I mean, don't feel bad. I started there, too. I started with course design. Everyone arrives at their first step in different ways. For For the racer term promoter, first is what you know. And, of course... The course is what you know. Of course, is a course, a horse, a horse. But if that is your first, you have to do something difficult. You have to figure out what comes next. What comes after you've thought up the course? I mean, do you have a vision of what you plan on doing? And, of course, I hear the, the crowds out there like, No, I see fine. I don't need a vision. Sure. Okay, how about a strategy to guide you? You know, sure, first build a race, then hold a race, and then repeat, right? Piles of money roll in after that, right? Yeah. What about goals? Marketing, insurance, permits. 
And of course, one I hear the most is, I'll figure all that out later. Right now, my course is rocking. All that business stuff, well, that'll come later. It's racing time. Unfortunately, this is where most race promoters' businesses start to go out of business. I mean, after creating a course, there's this like reverse engineering process that starts to take place in an attempt to make all the decisions you made while you were winging it fit into the right boxes. Your next is to build a business after the race stuff. The result is a mixed up sequence of activities resulting in an environment where nobody knows what comes next. In my episode titled, Be a Race Promoter, Not a Race Director, I talked about how the race promoter runs the business, while the race director is the role within the company, the role that runs the race. I also talked about how, when you first start out, the race promoter and the race director are often the same person. And if you if you have the chance, please go back and listen to that episode. You can find it on merchantsofdirt.com, or you can download it, I believe it's episode 4 on iTunes. And it will give you some really good insight into what I'm talking about and what I'm about to talk about next. And what is that? I'm about to surgically remove the race promoter from the race director. Okay, I know. This is going to get messy. But I'm a highly trained recreational engineer, so I will do my best to limit the pain that you're about to experience. And hopefully teach you something in the process. And if you make it through this, you will be equipped to promote your races like never before. You can think of this as the true insider's look into race promotion, and I guarantee you will not get this anywhere else. Are you ready? I have Mr. Murphy, my co-host, here to assist me in case things go off the rails, which, ironically, exactly the kind of rails he enjoys, but he promises to behave. He promises to behave? He's nodding his head yes. Okay, so here we go. We talked a little about where most race promoters find their first and what they often do next. But we ha- what we haven't talked about is why any of that is bad to do. That is where we will start taking this apart. With the why you should not start with course design and races before you build a business. When you wing it, you have all the control. And you are the only one who knows what comes next. Now, only you if you have the time, can get anything done. Why can only you get anything done? Because everything is still in your head. Remember, you winged it. Nothing is written down. Nothing is followed. If just you and your gut riding off into the sunset, meanwhile, you can't share a single task with anyone else. Not unless you take the time to explain all the what's and the why's of doing it. Ah, that sounds exhausting. I don't want to have to explain it all the time. Why can't they just get it, right? Why? Why can't I just tell them something and then just get it? Why do I have to explain everything all the time? You want to know why? Because you never taught anyone to get it. Welcome to your single point of failure. You. Ah, the first cut is made. Mr. Murphy is telling me your blood pressure is slightly elevated. That's to be expected. I mean, time for some more cutting. And we'll see how the blood pressure works, right? Why is having everything you know about racing only in your head bad? 
So if you listen to episode four, you might already know where I'm going with this. But don't get ahead of me. Okay, where were we? Ah, yes, everything is in your head. When you get sick, or get stuck in traffic, or need to go out of town, or win the lottery... Of course, you might do some racing and win the lottery, but chances are you're going to go traveling. So, bye-bye racing, right? Who knows what comes next? If you're not there, who knows what steps to take next in your race promotion business? The answer, can you guess what it is? That's right. It's nobody. And that is the biggest reason race promoters do not make any money. Boom! The second cut is complete. But your breathing is good. No sign of bleeding. Mr. Murphy's giving me the thumbs up. Okay. Time for some more. The number one reason race promoters do not make money is that nobody can do what they do. Why? Because they don't want anybody to know what they do. Too many race promoters are unicorns, snowflakes, one-offs, and they never do anything the same way twice. They don't like to share their process that's in their heads with anyone but their closest confidants. Why do they keep it all to themselves? Why the hesitation? Well, okay, this is kind of... Alright, here's Kyle's opinion on this. But I think it has a lot to do with this misconception that if they teach somebody what they do, that they become irrelevant. They teach others their special way of doing it, that others are going to run off and do their own race promotion business, and they'll their business will crumble and die. If they have control of the process, then everyone has to come to them. They maintain all the control. Unfortunately, with all that control comes the unintended consequence. Everyone has to wait for you to make a decision. No one can act without your input, your direction, your authority. This kind of thinking has a name. Mr. Murphy, can you remember what that name is? Ah, yes. It's called Control Freak. Micromanager. Tyrant. Yeah, those are a few. Ouch. I know, that cut hurt, didn't it? You don't want to be called a control freak. No one wants to be called a micromanager. But being unable to share your process is what that is. When you control everything and everything has to come to you before anyone can make a decision, that's called a control freak. And being unable to share your process is incredibly inefficient. And it violates one of my main principles of race promoting, which is show value. And in the show notes, I have a blog post on Reckoner.com about the principles of profitable race. And... One of them is showing value. Do you think you being the only one who can run your race and no one can make a decision, you think that's valuable? I know, but I'm actively involved. Isn't that going to produce some value? If your process is all in your head, then how do you share it? Or do you even try to share it? You cannot get everyone engaged or to take initiative if no one knows what comes next or what the end goal is supposed to look like. Nor can you execute your plan with any speed because they will always be waiting for you to make a decision. Not just the important ones, all of them. Your team will be stuck after each action waiting for you to tell them what to do next. Do I fill the coolers? Yes, you fill the coolers. Do I string the tape? Yes, you string the tape. Do I put up the tables? Yes, you still put the tape. Oh my gosh, why do you keep asking me all these things? Because you didn't tell them. You didn't tell them what comes next. They're waiting for you to tell them what comes next. And when each activity has to be delegated by you, involves you, and has to be managed by you, you are the single point of failure. Does that sound very valuable? If everyone is waiting around for your permission, nothing is getting achieved. That's why keeping everything in your head will eventually doom your business. You are the single point of failure. 
And I will say that a hundred times until it gets through your head. But there's a ray of sunshine. There's a rainbow with a golden bucket of gold. Golden bucket of gold. That's a new one. There is a way to stop doing this. How do you stop from being the single point of failure? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked that question. Shut up, Mr. Murphy. Mr. Murphy doesn't want you to know this question, the answer to this question. But that's why you're here, right? Okay. So let's learn how to stop being the single point of failure. And this is part of our surgery. We're going to cut that race promoter from the race director. So first, we're going to go back to kindergarten and remember a primary thing that we learned there. And what is that? Sharing is good. Sharing. Sharing is the same as teaching, coaching, and mentoring. It's good. It's good to teach. It's good to coach. It's good to mentor. Second, learn to let go of some of that control. Hmm, that's tough for some people, right? You need to share the way you want your racers and your race to go with others. Release all that fear that someone will walk away with your process and go start their own racing company. Let them! It takes more than just knowing your process to build a profitable company. But you have to let go of that fear. Can you do that? I think you can. Problem is, are you willing to let go of that control? and learn how to share your process. Because sharing can create you the value you're looking for. And if you're ready to do that, then you're ready for what comes next. You see, my first three podcasts, or first four podcasts, are linked in a very special way. The first one, titled Welcome to Merchants of Dirt, set the stage for understanding why you are here. The second one, what I wished I knew before my first race, detail the challenges you are certainly going to encounter along the way. Kind of prepared you. Kind of get you ready for, you know, hmm, should I really be doing this? The third podcast, your first strategic vision quest, hmm, that's the one where you got all like, you know, weird and squishy, right? Gets you focused on what you actually want to build, seeing where your destination is. The fourth one started you down the path of separating yourself from your race direction role and more into leading the company as a race promoter. These were your first, your first steps towards building a race promotion business. And if you hadn't had a chance, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the first four Merchants of Dirt podcasts. You can go to MerchantsDirt.com. There's links all over the place for any kind of device you want to use it on. Because all four episodes are linked. They're building you towards the beginning of what I call your roadmap. If you remember, One-Eyed Willie treasure couldn't be found until the Goonies found the map. But once they found the map, that led them through a huge adventure on to actually finding the giant pirate ship full of gold and silver and diamonds. This is the same kind of thing. A roadmap is simply a step-by-step approach to getting to where you want to go. That's it. It's nothing really, nothing really complicated about that. But those four episodes lead you down that road. The fifth one, fifth one, well, I experiment a little bit. You still have some valuable stuff because, you know, there are all sorts of things you need to worry about as a race promoter. But the first four, those lead you to what we're doing today, which is your roadmap. All right, so how do we get to your, how do we get to the roadmap? Well, the key to your roadmap is three parts. And you get there by leveraging the techniques of documentation, consensus, and orchestration. These are the cornerstones of successful race promotion. Yeah, you're Mr. Murphy going cornerstones. Okay, let me explain because Mr. Murphy doesn't seem to get this. Because he doesn't want you to have cornerstones. He wants you to wing it, right? Yeah, we're not winging it. We have cornerstones. These are big old rocks put into the ground, right? Cornerstones hold up buildings, hold up structures. This is going to hold up your racing framework. Hmm, 
a scary word, right? Framework, it's, it's not a scary word. It's simply the foundation for which you're going to build a successful race promotion business on. Okay, so let's get into those. Documentation, number one, is just getting your process out of your head. When you put it into this form, everyone can see it and share it. I mean, you're beginning to remove yourself from being that single point of failure. That's all that is, documentation, that's it. Consensus, number two, is where the race promoter turns a race into something of value. Hmm, I mean, value's good, right? Because when you stop doing everything yourself, you start involving your team, you increase your capability to see the things you never noticed before. It kind of takes you out of that role of being too, they call it, in the weeds. It takes you out of being in the weeds. You get that 10,000 foot level. You start to see things like, oh, hey, that's interesting. I didn't know I could do that before. Consensus gives your team a chance to start noticing things they can improve on too. Huh, imagine that. Together, you and your team will become, will begin to create good value out of bad and new value where none exists before. And number three, the final cornerstone is orchestration. Orchestration is simply the execution of your process. This is how the race promoter turns a documented plan into a profitable race. But does this all tie together to create value? Uh, it does. Now, enter the roadmap. If documentation, consensus, and orchestration are the cornerstones of race promotion, then the roadmap is the structure that those stones support. Without one cornerstone, the structure falls. This makes the roadmap a fundamental tool used for sharing your overall plan with the team. It allows everyone involved to see the big picture and agree on how it will be implemented. I mean, agreement is key here. Without agreement, you know, without consensus, that's the agreement part, of what is being documented, then orchestration will be difficult. You know, if you as a race promoter are going to be efficient in executing your plan, everyone needs to be going in the same direction. And they need to go in that direction the same way each time it's used over and over. No one cornerstone outweighs the other. They all have to be in sync for the roadmap to work. Let's say it again. If one of your cornerstones is missing, the other two will not provide you the benefit. It's that simple. Once you have a balance to your roadmap structure, you will begin to enjoy some benefits. One of those benefits is having the ability to review how well your plans and processes were executed. Could you imagine that? You imagine looking back on a race and a race before that, and a race before that, and being able to evaluate with actual measures and metrics how well you did. Can you do that right now? I'm sure some of you will probably go, oh yeah, I can do that right now. Can you really? You know, except for dollar signs and the number of people showed up, can you actually evaluate how well you did? I wonder. This is where the race promoter learns what worked and what did not work. I mean, that's the key to a lot of this. Since every race is essentially your laboratory, you need to review and have a review cycle for modifying your roadmap before you use it to build your next race. And none of this happens if you do not document your process, share it with others, and follow each step of your plan exactly as you laid out. Documentation, consensus, and orchestration. This is your blueprint to how you build races. Your roadmap is your guide to creating value in multiple areas within each process. But you cannot modify something you don't have. I mean, do yourself a favor and get a roadmap developed. I mean, don't build a race without it. Because if you can write down these processes, and you can get everyone to agree that those are the correct processes, and then you execute them, then you have a review cycle. And you say, hey, what didn't work? What did work? Well, this didn't work, and that did work. And we had, you know, we thought we did great here, but we really did great there. 
We had really poor poor pre-registration numbers, but we had great race day registration numbers. Oh, so-and-so didn't show up, and that's the person who usually all the people like. Oh, we didn't have marshmallows in our cocoa. People like marshmallows. I mean, those are the kind of things you start to think about, and you can't do that right now because when's the last time you did a lessons learned? When's the last time you wrote anything down? Mm, a long time ago. You think about, ah, oh, be sure to write that down, do lessons learned, and then you go back and you don't follow those lessons learned. And you go, ah, dang it, I remember that from last time. Oh, I should have remembered that. should have remembered that medical kit. Yeah, it bleeds, you know. Dang, I've got those little tiny gods. I should have got the big gods. Or, ah, I should have remembered to charge the radios. Oh, I forgot to do that. These are the things that frameworks, roadmaps, documentation, consensus, orchestration. These are the cornerstones that build your races. So once you have an understanding of the cornerstones, you know, your documentation, your consensus, and your orchestration, you start to understand the framework in which sits your roadmap. And your roadmap consists of two basic things. You'll never guess what they are. They're really, really complicated. Okay, I'll tell you. It's a start and a finish. I know. Totally caught you off guard, right? It's that in-between part. That's where people get lost. They take the wrong trail. They go off, bushwhack through the woods. They think... That tree looks at the same tree. That corner looks at the same corner. Oh, I know where I am on the map, and your compass is lying to you. The roadmap can contain as much or as little detail as you want in the middle, but you have to follow it for it to be of any use to you. And if you're like most race promoters, you have some kind of process in your head, but you've never written it down or produced any of your races the same way twice. So hopefully I have your attention with that. Because we all, we all do it. We all think we have time to write it down. How we did something, how we learned something, and we never do. Some of us do. Most of us don't. So now it's, it's kind of time to write it down. It's time to write your roadmap based upon those three, three cornerstones we talked about. And when you have it written down, you don't need to do all the work over again. You only need to document your process once and then modify it as you go. Learn from the experience of doing it. I mean, the real benefit of the roadmap will become very noticeable when you go to repeat your race process a second time. All the work you put into building your first race becomes incredibly useful when you go to create your second. And therein lies the value. This is what the business world calls a repeatable process or a system. Just by having your processes written down, you're already on your way to becoming a mature company. Ooh, that's a that's a big business word right there, mature company. If you remember in a, in a past episode, I talked about mature companies or those companies that last past two years. Do you want to be one of those companies? Writing down, writing something down is that important to your business. I mean, think about it. If you don't document your process, how do you know what comes next? I mean, you may know off the top of your head, but eventually you're going to forget something. And we all know that when you forget something, it will cause you some sort of pain. If that something is important, maybe a critical step, then that pain could be financially devastating. I mean, don't ruin yourself that way. If you have to, think of a roadmap as your brain on paper. You know, like the frying eggs, right? This is your brain on drugs. Well, think of this as your brain on paper. Your brain is a medium that you can share. So how do you do that? How do you share your brain? Well, we go back into surgery again, right? We're going to divide separate the race promoter from the race director. Let's start thinking, let's start thinking like a race promoter. So what's the first thing a race promoter would do to share his brain or her brain? Well, the first thing we do 
is we'd start with high-level processes. That sounds really kind of, kind of scary. It's a very, it's a strategery kind of word, a creative strategery. So your map should include all your important destinations. Wow, that was really complicated, wasn't it? High-level processes and strategery and strategy. That's it. It should include your high-level, your important destinations. There might be numerous routes to take you to get to that destination. But this one is your specific path. I mean, that can be tough if you've never built a race before or never built one well. So when it comes to race promotion, I, su I suggest you begin at least at a minimum with these high-level processes. And we'll, we'll talk about these individually. First one is planning. This is where you decide what your governance will fall under. I mean, you will stay independent and do it all yourself, or you will be sanctioned and follow the national rules for your race and all the requirements and constraints that involves that. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, if you're, if you're a trail runner, there is a national organization that guides you in what you do. If you're a mountain biker, we all know who that is. That's you know, USA Cycling. If you're a triathlete, that's USAT, right? There is one for everybody. And they have rules, and those rules give you requirements and constraints. Now, if you're independent, those restraints are different. You're sanctioned, you can get insurance through an association. If you're independent, you got to buy insurance by yourself. If you're a sanctioned race, you can get officials. you got to pay for them. If you're independent, you got to provide your own officials. So planning, that's that. all that stuff is deciding who's going to run the show. And in the business world, they call that governance. How you will make decisions. And this is, of course, how you make decisions on officials. Well, the governance of your sanction, those, those decisions are made for you. That's planning. Next one, building. This is where you break out your processes for developing your branding, your venue, your course, your structure, and your budget plans. I mean, the outputs of each of these plans will feed into your master implementation plan. Mm, that's another big word, right? Implementation. That's just how you plan on doing it. Implementation. How you plan on doing it, right? And it's used to create a presentation or a bulletin you'll include with your permit. That's it. This is the design. This is where you get the cool, creative stuff. Think of the name of the race, where you're going to have it, what your course is going to look like. You're going to think about, oh, okay, how much is it going to cost? You're going to know how much the park's going to want. You're going to the structure of your race. You're going to have all those classes and categories. You're going to have a fat bike category or a fat shoe category or maybe a canine category. I mean, come on. The sky's the limit. This is design, building. Yeah, cool stuff. This is the part where race promoters love this stuff, right? The building stuff. Purpose of this is to create a presentation or a bulletin. Yeah, this is just a fancy word for saying all your stuff on paper, right? All those details I talked about because you're going to include those with your permit, right? Give that give that park manager all the things you ever wanted to tell them. They'll love it, okay? That's the building phase, part of your roadmap, right? Do all that creative stuff. Then we go into the next phase, which is promoting. This is where you use the time between the permit submission and the permit approval to develop your processes for development for developing your marketing, staffing, land management, services, and emergency plans. I mean, the output of your marketing plan will be used to initiate and manage your communications, your sales, your customer engagement plans. Well, each of your other plans will feed into the master race direction plan. I mean, that's that implementation plan again, right? So this is where you're going to write down how do you sell your race? 
How do you plan for using the venue? How do you plan on emergencies, contingencies? Someone gets a boo-boo, and sometimes those boo-boos are bad. How do you plan on doing with that? This is where you do all that. The, the promoting part is you get people to come to your race three different ways, right? You get people to sign up, pre-reg. You get people to come and volunteer or staff work for maybe some a salary or something. And you get people to come to do the technical stuff. That's timing, that's emergency response, those kind of things. Okay, that's promoting. How do you do all that stuff? Okay, you got to write all that stuff down. Directing. This is where you finalize all your inputs into your race day process for gear staging, on-site setup, event execution, event services, cleanup. I mean, the outputs for these activities will feed into your to all your measurements and metrics used to evaluate your race value. I mean, this is the what the race director's role is. That's that separation. Now, you're a race promoter, and you've been a race director. What is that role? What does that person do? What is directing involved? What race day activities, pre-race, post-race, does a race director do? What do they do? And how do you measure it? How do you know? I mean, some of the numbers are easy. How many people showed up? That's an easy number. How much money did you make? That's a pretty easy number, right? How many incidents did you have? Incidents meaning people with boo-boos. How many spectators showed up? Keep track of that. Hmm. How about where the boo parts were, where people got injured, etc., etc. All that stuff. Clean up. Where's the trash cans at? Execution. You know, your schedule. How did people go from going from the start to, you know, on the course? I mean, that's got, that's got something to do with your registration process. Where do they stand? Where do they sign waivers? Where do they get the bib number? How do they get their goodie bag? If they do, you have goodie bags. How do people talk to them when they go to the goodie bags? All that stuff. Write that down. That's the direction part of your, of your roadmap. And then growing. That's kind of the last piece. This is where you review your processes and evaluate how each process in your roadmap performed. How your lessons learned impact the overall roadmap framework and how you will go about making changes to your roadmap. Now remember, talk about the cornerstones, right? Documentation, consensus, and execution. So all those processes, that's all the writing it down. Then you have to go through and get consensus on this, right? And then you have to execute. And that will help finalize these processes. So, just because you write them down, it's making them perfect. They don't have to be perfect. Write them down the way you think they should go, and then run through them as if you would a real live race. And you could do it even during a real live race and learn where it needs to be edited. And that's where we're at now. Okay, so that was step one. Okay, that's the high level processes. We're going to write all those down. So, we're going to go on to step two document your processes. Right? We talked about the high level processes. We're going to write them all down. This roadmap can include some very heavy topics. But trust me, doing this work now will give you an incredible benefit in the near future. Okay, I have a simple way for you to get on the right track with diagramming your first roadmap. At a minimum, your overall goal should be to document how you go into building a race. Think about your race in sections like I just talked about. The first is plan, then build, promote, and direct, and grow. In the order of how you would orchestrate an event for a race, start with the high-level big-picture activities first. Use a big piece of scratch paper, or even a whiteboard if you have one, and draw boxes. I know. Boxes? Yes, boxes. You draw your first box on the paper. What process does that represent? Write it in the box. Each additional box you draw is a process that connects and flows to the next box in the process. Now draw a second box right next to the first box. Think about the sequence of activities that occur after the process of the first one. When it's complete, what's that process called? Write that in the second box, then draw a line between the two boxes with an arrow pointing to the second box. Boom! 
your drawing in its raw form represents the basic form of a roadmap. And that's it. Boxes and arrows. Simple. Don't make this too complicated. This is just simple. Okay? Third is just add in the details after that. So once you have all these boxes and arrows lined up, start adding in the details. Can it get complex? Sure it can. Some boxes can connect to more than one box. I mean, some of these processes have more than one output. But the simpler your roadmap is, the easier it is to be understandable. I mean, if, you are, if you're still having problems, then let's think about the roadmap in terms of how you will approach your race. It is the starting point, the middle point, and the finish. Where do you start? You start with something easy like naming your race. And I have a process for that. On Rickender.com, I have a, in the show notes, I'll talk about the good race name that gives you an advantage. There's a blog post I wrote about naming a race. Naming a race is a perfect place to start. Every race needs a name. Do you have a process for naming your event? Naming your race. This is where it would go. The output of this process would be a name. But this is the box, but this, but this box is the process for naming your race. What is that process? I mean, you can decide it later. All you need to know is you need to have some kind of process to result in a race name. I mean, here's a more complex one. After naming your race, you need a process for selecting officials. Okay, selecting officials is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Say you're building a mountain bike race. Will you have your own officials doing their own thing? Or will you have the USA Cycling Permit in which you have to pay for in addition to your venue permit that comes with USA Cycling officials that you also have to pay for. This makes the select officials process box similar to an iceberg. This box is clearly a high-level process with several smaller processes hidden under the surface. Don't panic, though. Write down all the high-level processes first, then come back to start finding out what hidden decisions are needed underneath. Remember, documentation, then consensus. Sometimes the consensus part will help un- you know, uncover some of these hidden things you didn't think about. That's why it's great to do this do this over the team and not by yourself. You know, it may take several drafts to get everything you think is important in place. But remember, the goal is to write it down, the big stuff first, from start to finish. The details come after you have the core structure written down. So just like we talked about the cornerstones, the fourth one is really simple. It's you need to share it with your team. Once you have a draft roadmap, share it with your team. And if you don't have a team, share it with your friends. Share with the family. Does it make sense? Does it flow right? Does step one and step two make... I mean, some of your family members have been at more races and done more volunteering than you remember. Give them a run through this. Does it sound like something that they would understand? Get some feedback. Ask them if it makes sense. Is the order correct? And if they think something should be added or removed, you know, take their take their advice. A few more eyes on your roadmap will help you find the holes. It'll help you fill in the gaps and spot any of your problems. I mean, don't forget that if you build it right, your roadmap will be a working document. And working documents are things that change over time, especially each time you go through the loop, you go through the cycle. Each time you go through your process, you will discover things that work and things that do not. You also learn a better way to do what you're doing now. And when you find these things, you need to go back and document them on the new map and share it again, you know, version 2.0. Consensus is a cornerstone of the roadmap. With each change comes consensus. Remember that. Every time you make a change, does everyone agree to that change? I mean, hopefully after a few times through this process, you and your team will already be looking for how to make things better. And that's and that's the simple the simple part of a roadmap is writing is think of those high level processes, writing them down, adding in the details, and sharing with your team to figure out the holes. And then after you have your roadmap in place, 
what comes next? Because remember, we or documentation, roadmap, orchestration, or uh, was it consensus? Sorry, everyone agrees. Orchestration. That's the execution part. You go through the roadmap. You use the roadmap to build the race. And if you find a step that's out of place, you change it. If you find a step you don't use, you remove it. And that is your roadmap. And that's how you build repeatable races, repeatable business structure. That is a system for building successful races. Because once you have that, now you can start doing things like measures and metrics. How long does it take you to go through that process? How many days? When do you start things? Did you find that starting the permits process earlier or later was any different? Did you find by, by planning out your races at a certain time, you got better chances of getting venues? Did you find out that pre-registration opening a month earlier gave you better numbers? Maybe it didn't change at all. Maybe it was, it was relevant to, to your numbers. These are the kind of things you can learn when you have something written down, agreed upon, and you've battle-tested it through orchestration. That is the gold mine of the roadmap. And that is where you start. And now you know. So that's a pretty good process for how I would approach building a roadmap. But some people, building a roadmap is not, is not as easy as it sounds. And I understand that. So what if you didn't have to write it all down? I mean, what if you could follow a simple roadmap that included all the necessary steps? And wouldn't that free your brain up for other things like course design, marketing, customer service? I'm building an easy to follow roadmap that will help you identify these steps, structures, and timelines that you need to generate your own roadmap. This roadmap will show you the exact path you need to use to build a race in 90 days. 90 days? Yes, 90 days. This is the minimum amount of time you need to get a small race off the ground. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you follow this roadmap, I mean, you too can build a race in just 12 short weeks. And I want to give this to you entirely free. Just you and your fair, you know, your fellow serious race promoters build a race in 90 days with my starter roadmap. And when you're done, you can use it to do it again and again and again. You can change it to modify it to your own race in special conditions and requirements. It, it's just a head start so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, are you ready to build your race? I don't want to make you wait. Are you ready now? All right. For ready now, go to Reckoneer.com slash roadmap. And I'll have all the, the details there for what it is I have created. And put your email in the box at the bottom of the page. And I will send you my 90-day roadmap. It's just a PDF. Absolutely free. It's not quite done yet, but if you, re you request the 90-day roadmap this month, the month of November, I will also include the 90-day roadmap supplemental ebook that I'm writing for it absolutely free as well when it's released. Okay, and that's a $39 value just for providing me your email address. And that's a that's a pretty good deal. I think it's a pretty good deal. You want a free you want a free roadmap? Just go there. That's again that's reckoneer.com/roadmap and put your email in the box. And that'll let me know that, hey, you know what? I heard your podcast and I, I really could use a roadmap, especially, especially a roadmap for building races where I'm, you know, you're having a difficult time. This roadmap will, will hook you right up. So drop your email in the box. And when I have the roadmap ready, I'll send that to you. And then when the supplemental ebook is ready, I'll send that to you too. And just right now, just for the month of November, if you sign up month of November, it's completely free. No cost to you except your email address, you know, which, which signs you up for my newsletter. I send you my exclusive content and stuff. So give you exclusive content for some of the other things going on, some of my other products, my other educational things, my podcast release. I think this 90-day roadmap will help solve a lot of your problems. 
when I do send this out, by all means, please send me feedback. Tell me what you think. Tell me what can work better. Tell me what worked good for you. Any of that stuff. And again, that's $39 value. It's going to be after November, it's going to be 39 bucks. But if you sign up now, I'm going to give it to you for free and the book for free. And that's free for life. If I update this thing, if I make a new change to it, if I add your feedback to it and make a whole new thing, it's free for life. Again, that's that's only for the month of November 2016. So send, your, send me your email and I will send that stuff to you as soon as that is ready. That's it for this week's podcast. I hope you really learned something with this episode. I know the roadmap and developing a roadmap is kind of a difficult topic to get your head wrapped around, but I really feel that this one is going to be the one that uh, that people go back to time and time again to learn about how to develop roadmaps and do good things for their business. If you really did learn something good from this episode, by all means, join my newsletter at Reckoneer.com slash join, and you'll find a box there to put your email in, and I'll send you out all sorts of goodies exclusive content, new blog posts when the new episodes come out. Second, I want to hear back from you about this episode in particular. Did you learn something useful? If you did, contact me on Twitter. That's Merchants of Dirt. No spaces. You know, at Merchants of Dirt. And let me know. Let me know what uh, what you thought about this. Third and most important, if you like this episode, if you like this podcast, I would love for you to go to the Merchants of Dirt podcast page on iTunes and give me a quick review and a five-star rating. I have a link on MerchantsofDirt.com that'll take you right to iTunes. Just, you know, tell me what you think of the episode. Write it in there. Five-star rating. That goes a long ways to helping this show, helping me make more shows. You know, plus keeps my confidence up. Let me know you're out there. Let me know you're listening and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. With that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this week's Merchants of Dirt podcast. I am the Reckoneer, Kyle Bondo, hoping you take what you learned today and go weave idle into epic. Until next time.